0: are listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from preachthebible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Open your Bible Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2. Don't be afraid to be different. My message for tonight, don't be afraid to be different. Let God speak to your heart. And uh, you're doing things here that are different from other churches. Praise God for them, they're good, they they work, they wake us up, make us think, make us pray more and do more. In first Peter chapter two and verse seven, unto you therefore which is uh, which believe he is precious, underscore that your Bible. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious. But of them which be disobedient, the stone which the builder disallowed the same as made the head of a corner. And a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, even to them, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto they were appointed. For you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, an holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Isn't that beautiful? A great, mighty passage. Don't be afraid to be different. The strong word in this day is conform. And fit in. And what one does, another will do. And they go on their way. That applies to speech. It applies to wearing apparel. And people conform to a certain image, to a certain idea. That applies to morals. Moral standards that are low ebb in this nation. Because people conform. Others are sinning, others going the wrong way, so they go the wrong way also. And people conform to Customs. In your city, in Chattanooga, and New York, and Chicago, and Mexico City, everywhere, they conform. And uh, we've got to see that, this conforming in this day and time. Now, people conform work, and they conform in their drive, in their beliefs, in their behavior. But I want to give you courage to stand for your conviction. Stand for your conviction. Number one, don't be afraid to be a New Testament Christian. Study Peter, James, and John. Study the Apostle Paul. Have their convictions recorded in the Word of God. Pattern after them in separation and testimony and generosity and determination. Don't be afraid to be different. They'll say, this is the goal of my life. I'll live according to the Bible. I'll live according to these great Bible teachers of years gone by. I want to be true and stand fast for my Lord all the time. I had a man saved in Chattanooga, a Jew, and uh, a strong Jewish member of their faith, but he left. He accepted Christ, and he came in. And the Christian, he gave himself. He gave his money, gave large offerings. He responded to every offering, a tithe, and more than a tithe, and kept on going. And finally, this uh, this Jewish uh, man who had been saved, him uh, at went and talked to him and said, Now, uh, you don't have to respond to everything. You don't have to give everything like that. And when the preacher makes an announcement and uh, asks for something, uh, you don't have to do anything. You can, uh, and he rebelled. He said, no, I like it. He said, God saved me and I want to give everything I can. I will do my best for him all the time. Now, wait do minute. He was following the New Testament pattern when they gave themselves to the Lord and all of his work. Now, be different. Be different in your life. Young people, mother and dad, older people, be different. Number one, worship God. Worship God. I believe in going to church. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night prayer meeting, and every time you can. I believe in giving spiritually, uh, uh, scripturally. We ought to give according to the Word of God. We ought to be tithers, all of us and beyond the time. I believe in separation from the world and live a separate life. If there's a question about something, don't do it. Turn away from it. I believe in witnessing fearlessly and giving your testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. I had a little fellow in school some years ago, Tennessee Temple, named Paul Carr little short fellow, interesting fellow, uh, saved, told of God to preach. And uh, and and I, I worked with him and helped him with some. And uh, I went up there to his little chapel. He wanted to preach his way, took a little chapel way up on top of the mountain, a tiny place. And uh, I got up there one night to be with him. That building was packed and jammed. I discovered that he had led every one of them in that building to the Lord one by one had gone out up and down the hills and around the mountains and led the people Lord, and brought them there to the house of God and built a work in an un, unheard of place. But God used it. Now, don't be afraid to be a Christian uh, after the New Testament pattern and say, I want to be what God wants me to be. I'm going to follow the Bible and live as God wants me to live. Number two, don't be afraid to be a dependent Christian. Here's your Bible. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. 1 Peter 5, 7. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come into me, all ye that the labor of heaven laden, and I will give you rest. Now, don't be afraid to be a dependent Christian. Rest in the Lord. Depend on him, his power, the power of the Holy Spirit in you, and say, Lord, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you got saved, he came in. You have him now. If you're a child of God. Now, he wants to have you. He wants to fill you and possess your life and use your life. So rest in him, then wait on him. Wait patiently for the Lord. Don't rush, don't go ahead, but wait on God until God guides and then move out and do what God said. Then pray about every need of your life. Every need of your life. Pray and believe that God will hear and answer. Pray with faith, believing. George Mueller did, that great man of prayer. Dr. John Rice was the man of prayer and faith in God and prayed. Dr. Ernest Wadsworth, a man out of Chicago that many of you have heard about, was a man of prayer. He came to Chattanooga and spoke, and I met him there. I went later up to Chicago to be in the meeting. I went by to see him. Went to his office. Wonderful Christian man. And I said, sir, I just want to feel and know that you're praying for me. I need prayer, and I want you to pray for me. Without a word, he opened up a big ledger and turned the pages, and put his finger down, turned it around. I was number 473, 473 in that book. He said, I'll pray for you every day. I take name and name all through that ledger. Great big ledger of names given of every kind, all kinds of people. And you said, I've been praying for you every day. Now think of that. I believe in prayer. Amen. I know God answers prayer. Now, uh, be a praying Christian. Then examine your faith and exercise your faith. Uh, Jesus said, have faith in God. Mark 11, 22. Build your faith upon the word of God. Say, I have faith in God. Build it on the word. Then build it on your past, his past performance to what God has done for you. And what God has done for you in the past, he'll do again in the future and more. And then build it uh, on what he's done for others. And say, Lord, you can do the same for me. I will exercise my faith in God. I want to believe in him and exercise and move for him and trust him daily. Have faith in God i a man, brought a man, said to me some years ago that your pastor knew all about. Dr. Charles Weigel, a songwriter, wrote the song, No One Ever Cared For Me Like Jesus, and many other beautiful songs. He came to me at uh, an age up in years, and he stayed with us, and was there until he was 95 years of age, singing almost every day for the students of the school, singing on the radio, and used mightily in wonderful ways for God. But a great man. When he was 95, I want to celebrate. So I took the whole Sunday evening service to the city auditorium, big city auditorium downtown. And we packed the building up. And he stood on the platform and sang. And uh, uh, people sang with him. And it was a beautiful, wonderful hour. He had written, written so many lovely songs. At the end of it, they uh, hand me a gift. Someone gave me a gift to give to him. Said, "If you'll take this to him," and so I said, "Yes, I will." So we took him back to his room at the school, Tennessee Temple, and put him in his apartment. And then I had the box under my arm, and I said, "Here's something someone gave. Uh, wants you to have." And he said, well, what is it? I said, I have no idea. He said, well, open the box. I said, well, it's yours. I shouldn't be opening your box. He said, yes, I want you to, want to know what it is. So up And looked inside when I did. I said, uh, I don't believe you'd like this, doc. I said, I don't believe you'd want this. He said, wait a minute. Is said, mine or yours? He said, it's yours. Well, he said, I want it. And I opened it up. Someone had given him a bright red coat. I mean, red. It was, it was bleeding red. And he said, let me put it on. About 10 o'clock at night when I got him back in his room after the service. And he tore off his coat and threw it on the floor and stood there and had put on that red coat. He stood there, 95 years of age, with a flaming red coat on. He said, Brother Robertson, how do I look? I couldn't tell him. I was too embarrassed to say a thing. But listen, he was a great Christian man. Many people knew him. And loved his song. He wrote the song, No one ever cared for me like Jesus and used my life. Now, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to be a dependent Christian. Rest on the promises of God. Let your life be used of God and do the thing that God says he wants you to do with your life. Don't waste your life. Spend your life. Use your life for the glory of God. Then again, don't be afraid to be a soul-winning Christian. In John 1, 42, and he brought him to Jesus. Andrew brought his brother Simon Peter to Jesus. Now, 95% of our Christians fail in this great work. Just a few are actually used of God to win others. Remember, the greatest thing that ever happened to you is your salvation. And the greatest thing that you'll ever do is to witness to someone else for uh, for Christ about salvation. And God wants to use you. And God will use your life. Uh, The the humblest person here, the quietest person, a man or woman, the timid person can be used. And God wants you to have boldness and, and witness and be a soul-winning Christian and to speak out for His glory. And you say, but I can't do much. You can do what you can. I read the other day that a speck of radium too small to be seen in the naked eye has power to ring a bell for 30,000 years. Can you imagine it? A speck of radium too small to be seen to the naked eye has power to ring a bell for 30,000 years. They had the scientific work or written out. But my dear friend, your testimony has great power. And when you witness for Christ, great things happen. And God blessed, God will use you in no way. Now, your testimony can result in eternal salvation for a lost soul. Your speaking of Christ yourself to that neighbor of yours, that friend of yours, that workman of yours in the shop in the factory can result in salvation. Salvation and soul winning is everybody's business. And he brought him to Jesus. And we should be bringing people to the Lord. I preached up in West Virginia the other day, in a lovely place, a lovely church. And a lady got saved. And all the people were astonished. She came from a family that never attended church. Had no part with anything spiritual at all. And she was born again. And she was happy about it. And she came up to me and said, oh, thank God. I've never gone to church in my life. But tonight heard the message. I accepted Christ. I'm saved. I'm born again. That I'm going to come back tomorrow night, going to bring my husband with me. And someone heard her say that when she walked away, they said he'd never come. One of the toughest men in West Virginia, cursing, vile, temper angry person, and people knew about him and feared him all of the time. But my friend, the next night she was back, sitting on the front row and by his side up with a man, that had a husband, and that night God saved him. And with all of his wickedness, God saved his soul. And joined with his wife, they stood there at the front, shaking hands with the people, born again by faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, the joy, the joy of pointing people to the Lord and pointing people to Christ, the Son of God. You're here tonight. Thank God for you. Think back a little bit when you got saved. Who was it that spoke to you? Who told you about Christ for the first time in your life? I can tell you about mine. I went to a little Sunday school class. I'd never gone to church in my life. I was 14 years old. Mother and dad never went to church. Louisville, Kentucky. And someone took me to a Sunday school class. Talked a little lady named Mrs. Daisy Hawes. An humble little baby. With a Bible in hand, she told me how to be saved. And I listened to the message. I went home. And with a message in my heart, I settled by on my knees saying, Lord Jesus, I will now receive you as my Savior. And I was born again. Amen. And I decided to go to church and come forward and take my stand for Christ, 14 years of age. And I, I came to church, big old round country church, and sat over to one side, and the pastor Jan Benford gave the invitation. I went down to the front. I said, Sir, I've accepted Christ as my Savior. I know that I'm born again. I know it. And while he was standing there talking to me, a couple came out of it, a big old round church over to one side, walked down and stood there. And when I finished talking to the pastor, he turned to them. Who was it? My mother and father. They'd never been there before. But I'd been going to Sunday school, and they said, we need to go and see where he's going. They'd never gone to church. But they came that Sunday morning, and when I took my stand for Christ, Both of them came to the front and said, we want to be saved too. And they were saved. And they're with the Lord now. I'm pointing out what it means. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to speak out for your Lord. Don't be afraid to testify of Christ and his power. And God will use you in a mighty way. But let God put his hand upon you. And let God bless you and direct your life in every way for the glory of God. So in the midst of everyone, we should be witnesses. And so in the midst of mothers and fathers, And we should be pointing people to the Lamb of God. And this is the important thing for life. Uh, Your children, your loved ones, all of them need Christ. And we need to be saying, oh God, I want to do my best to point them to the Savior. Now, don't be afraid to be different. Don't be afraid to be a New Testament Christian. And he brought him to Jesus. He, Andrew, brought Simon Peter to Jesus. And God wants to use you. Don't be afraid to witness for him. Don't be afraid to have a burden for others and say, Lord, I want to see people saved. I want to see people come to my Savior. Don't be afraid to be different. Let God put his hand upon you. unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious. Is he precious to you? Do you love Jesus tonight? Do you want others to be saved? Then begin now to say, Lord, use me. I want to witness for you. I want to be a soul winner.